Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Power Forgiveness Podcast. My name is Dwayne Staten, and I want to thank you for tuning in for another episode. This podcast is meant to help those toward the path of forgiveness, for the ones who have been hurt, heartbroken, forever changed by something that was said or done to them, which changed their mindset, the course of their relationships, their future, and even their life in general. With this podcast, I speak about the lessons I've learned from forgiveness, and I give it to you, the audience. Today is the first in a multi-part series called Pain. After speaking with a lot of interviewees, there's a lot of pain that starts the seed of unforgiveness. And in this first part, we're going to talk about daddy pain. Author, writer, and managing editor at DesiringGod.org, Marshall Seagal, asked this question, which I thought was intriguing. How much of the trouble you have experienced in life do you, consciously or unconsciously, attribute to your parents or other family members, to things they withheld from you, to lessons they hadn't learned yet, to character flaws in them that haven't changed, to mistakes they made in raising you, to sins they committed against you. Now, I sit back and I thought about that because there are times where we do, in a way, attribute it to our parents. Knowing that they're human themselves, we hold them to a higher standard. And for dads, they're included in this. I wanted to know what was the role of a dad. And this is what I found out. That the father's role in the family is a pivotal one. And that he's called upon to be the leader and the protector for the family. And to give an example of Christ's love by being loving towards the children's mother and the child themselves. He is also to be strong in the faith and to bring the children up knowing right from wrong. In 1987, researchers Michael Lamb, Joseph Pleck, Eric Charnov, and James Levine outlined three fundamental aspects of father involvement. And that these traits form the basis for a positive, nurturing father-child relationship. One aspect is engagement, the father's direct contact and shared interactions with their children. The second one is availability, the father's presence or accessibility to the child. The third is responsibility, the father's arrangement for resources to be available to the child. Studies have also shown that if you sh- if the child's father is affectionate, supportive and involved, he can contribute greatly to your child's cognitive, language, and social development, as well as academic achievement, a strong inner core resource, sense of well-being, good self-esteem, and authenticity. I'll definitely speak to that. That's the truth, because my dad was definitely like that. He was affectionate, he was supportive, and he was involved. And he was definitely contributing a lot in my life. When I did well in school, he said, I'm proud of you, son. That's my boy. A strong inner core resource. I know even now if I need anything, I can go to him. That sense of well-being and self-esteem. Definitely got that from him. And authenticity. Oh, he was real. (laughs) He was real. And I honestly could not have asked for anything less. Another thing is that fathers set the bar for relationships with other people. 
Fathers not only influence who we are on the inside, but how we have relations with other people as we grow. The way a father treats his child will influence what he or she looks for in other people. Friends, lovers, and spouses will all be chosen based on how the child perceives the meaning of the relationship with his or her father. The patterns a father set in the relationships with his children will dictate how his children relate with other people. For example, fathers and their daughters. Now this is from research. Young girls depend on their fathers for security and emotional support. A father shows his daughter what a good relationship with man is like. If a father is loving and gentle, his daughter will look for those qualities in men when she's old enough to begin dating. If a father is strong and valiant, she will relate closely to men of the same character. With fathers and their sons, boys will seek approval from their dads at a very young age. And that will model ourselves after our dad. As human beings, we grow up by imitating the behavior of those around us, and that's how we learn to function in the world. If a father is caring and treats people with respect, the young boy will grow up much the same. When a father is absent, young boys look to other male figures to set the quote-unquote rules for how to behave and survive in the world. I'll speak to my experience. My dad, I definitely wanted to be like my dad when I was younger. He was a man who served in the military, the army, strong character, funny guy, easy to talk to, and honest. And every day I wanted to be like him because he's my hero. Not was, but he is my hero and I love him. The last sentence said, when a father is absent, Young boys look to other male figures to set the quote-unquote rules for how to behave and survive in the world. How many of us have seen that when the father is absent, that young boys look to others for how to be an example? Here's a better question. How many of us were in that position when our fathers were absent? Who do we look for? Who did we look to? That's a question I wanted to ask. It seems to me from what I've heard and read, when the father is absent, things go awry. There's no leaders, no examples, and that there's a lot of pain and anger there's a lot of questions of, why did you leave? And then the question goes unanswered. There are many times where when the father is absent, they start families with other people and that causes heartbreak, confusion. And there are times where they just up and leave altogether with no reason, no warning, no nothing. Others just don't want to have anything to do with the child. And that's what breaks my heart. Because there are great men and women out there who, while they do not have fathers, they grow up to be amazing people. And I've seen the pain and heartbreak they've gone through. I wanted to share a couple stories of 
how that daddy pain turned into forgiveness. Musician, filmmaker, and speaker Marcus Lee said that he didn't have a father growing up and that his wound, or I'll say daddy pain, was rejection, the feeling of being unloved, unseen, and unwanted. That carried well into his adulthood and manifested itself as isolation, defensiveness, and using humor to cope with unwanted emotions. He put up walls because he didn't want to be hurt, and to an extent, it's good to be guarded. He said that we build emotional walls to keep unwanted feelings out. But for him, those walls were keeping some necessary things from getting in. He wasn't able to make deep connections. What if that person leaves? That was a question that bounced around in his mind. And for a long time, his walls kept him from being emotionally available in romantic relationships because vulnerability can lead to hurt. Since he grew up feeling that hurt and tried desperately to shut it out, he completely closed himself off to almost any amount of vulnerability. He said to himself, I can't get rejected by someone I truly never let in in the first place. He played defensively and tried not to get hurt instead of taking a chance to engage. He added that forgiveness is a necessary step that bridges the gap between confrontation and reconciliation. And since he had times, since he had time about after 25 years to process, meditate, and get some insight from people, he was able to forgive his father by the time he confronted him. He didn't owe Marcus anything. And Marcus told his father that he chose to believe that he did that his father did his best with what he could and the tools he had in raising him. But Marcus also made sure that his dad knew that it wasn't enough and that he had some tough things to overcome as a kid because his father wasn't there. He said that while it can be harsh, people must know why exactly why you've chosen to forgive them. Despite the pain that he was inflicted and being isolated, being defensive, and using humor to cope with unwanted emotions, he still chose to forgive his dad. I'm going to talk more about that later in the episode. Another story, Bridget Garcia, a trained life coach and co-founder of the podcast Silver Reflection, stated that though the pain she felt when it came to her father was not her fault, her healing was her responsibility. And as an adult, she's now capable of taking, responsib taking responsibility for her life decisions in a way that she couldn't have done as a child. She had to take her power back and stop letting her pain control her. She added that she think if she'd been caught up in the personal emotions and attachments to the people who gave birth to her and expect them to be X, Y, and Z. But as a result, she caused herself a lot of unnecessary pain and suffering. She had to forgive both her parents and herself for holding on to these expectations. If we can let go of expectations and focus on appreciating the people who are there for us, we can find healing in the painful truth. She said that she thinks this is a way, a key 
to finding peace with things that have hurt us. We have a picture in our minds that doesn't match up with our reality. And when this happens, we may feel disappointed and close ourselves off to other perspectives. She says, like her, there are people who may not have had the relationship they wanted with their parents. But maybe foster parents, aunts, uncles, brothers, or friends, sisters, whoever, stepped into your life and became that dad or mom when they had an obligation to do so. There are times when, in this case, your dad, will, your dad will fail you or will be absent. But there are times where those people in your life will step in and be that father figure for you. And God will reveal it to you. It's not going to be anybody. It's not going to be Pookie or Black down the street. It's going to be the one whom God created and designed for you. Another story, that writer Bernadette Anderson stated that she didn't have a relationship with her dad, but saw that his stepdaughter received the love that she thought she was owed for, showed. And for years, she carried a grudge against him instead of letting the anger go. And she embraced it, and by withholding forgiveness, she thought she was getting back at him, but it kept her stuck in misery. Her father died before she forgave him. And she got tired of holding on to the anger. She spent months in deep grief, and it was only after she began to process her emotions that she came to acknowledge that, like many of us, her father was doing the best he could with the information and awareness he had at the time. She took a step back and offered her dad some grace. After years of hurt, she finally got to the point to where she was ready to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the, And she thought to herself, maybe the affection she desperately wanted from him was never shown to him by his parents. How does one give what has not been given to them? Also, she asks, isn't it hypocritical to, hypocritical to, to withhold forgiveness when each day I need forgiveness for something I have said, thought, and done? When I read that, that was a word for me. To withhold forgiveness from somebody when I need it every day. That's a word for somebody. She asks, if I'm unwilling to forgive, how can I ask for forgiveness? As she processed her own forgiveness journey, she learned that forgiveness is a gift to herself. Now, she's not excusing what happened, but freeing herself from the suffering connected to what happened that's what she needed. It was frustrating to have people tell her to move on, let it go, and stop living in the past. But she found the tool FORGIVE, the acronym FORGIVE, very helpful. And I wanted to share it with you. F is for face the pain. O is to own your feelings. R is for the release of the expectations I have of the other person. G is forgive my is to give herself permission to surrender guilt. I is for intentionally living in the present moment. V is for the value 
of the journey. E is for empathize. As painful as her relationship with her father was, she finally realized that parents and children do not get do-overs. However, she's very grateful that her father's actions aren't a life sentence for pain and forgiving him has set her free. The last story I want to give. Author Leslie Leyland Fields was asked when was the moment she realized that she needed to forgive her father. She said when her sister told her over the phone that she had. If she had a lot more to forgive her dad for than she did. She was pierced by that. And that all the scripture passages about forgiveness emerged with an insistence that she couldn't ignore. She fought it, but ultimately surrendered to it. Oh, she's telling my story. Strumming my pain with her fingers, singing my life with her song. For all you Lauryn Hill fans, you know what that is. If you don't, Google those lyrics and listen to that song. Please. <laughs> when she flew down to Florida after her dad's stroke and pushed him around his wheelchair, a voice in her head would complain, you never helped when I was sick. When he touched me, you didn't care that you were ruining people's lives by touching them. It astounded her how angry she was, even through the process of forgiveness. But in truth, that's what's required. A gut, honest accounting of the wounds received. You can't release debts without naming them. So she had to allow that and then work beyond it. From each of these stories, I pulled so many gems. From the story of Marcus when his dad was absent. He confronted him. Now, he... It was after some time where he had to process, meditate, and get some insight from people. It took him some time, and that's something I'll say. It may take time for you to process all these. And I say always, go to a licensed therapist to talk it out. Have someone help you process those emotions. It's never great to go alone. And then once you process them, meditated on them, and got get insight from wise people, therapists, pastors, someone you, you hold in deep regard. Pray on it. Talk to God. And see if you need to confront that person. Maybe you just need to confront them and talk to them about it. And tell them you forgive them, like Marcus did. How he went to his dad and was able to forgive him. And that he told his dad that he chose to believe that he did the best he could with the tools he had. But he also told his dad that it wasn't enough and that he had some tough things to overcome as a kid because his father wasn't there. Maybe God wants you to just forgive them in your heart and move on. With Bridget's story. She said that there are times we have expectations of our parents and a picture of what they're supposed to be in their head. 
and they just don't live up to them. That's the thing. We have our own expectations or standards of people. But like them, even with us, we're human. We fail. Now, while that is not an excuse, it's reality. And that there are times we feel disappointed and close ourselves off to other people or perspectives. That's something I say not to do. Just because someone didn't fulfill your expectations, don't let that close you off from other people. And that you may not have the relationship you wanted with your, in this case, in your dad, but maybe your foster dad, stepdad, uncle, brother, some other authority that God placed in your life stepped in and became that father figure when they had no obligation to do so. Forgive the family. Forgive your father for what he did not do. And don't let that pain or anger cause you to be stuck. Don't let it lock you up in unforgiveness and bitterness. Don't let that happen. With writer Bernadette Anderson's story, she said the affection she so desperately wanted from her dad maybe was never shown to him by his parents. How does one give what has never been given to them? Maybe that's something that we never thought about with our dads. We're expecting them to be there to love us the way we want or need to be loved, to show affection, to say they're proud of us or something, but maybe they never got it from their parents and don't know how to express it. And how can they give to us, their children, something that they've never gotten? It's like trying to give water from an empty well. She also said it's hypocritical to withhold forgiveness when each day she needs forgiveness for something that she has said, thought, and done. And if she's unwilling to forgive, how can she ask for forgiveness? And that's something I wanted to ask you as well. Isn't that hypocritical? I mean, we withhold forgiveness from people who have hurt us when we ourselves need forgiveness. I don't want you to think that I'm perfect because I'm not. The only perfect one is Jesus, and I, I know I need forgiveness. So how hypocritical is it of me to withhold forgiveness from someone that hurt me when I need forgiveness for something I've said or done or thought that's either hurt God or hurt other people? And if I'm unwilling to forgive, how can I ask for forgiveness? That's a question I want you all to ask yourselves. Also, with Leslie Leyland Fields, when she got with her dad after his stroke to help him out, all those evil negative, negative thoughts came. 
You never helped me when I was sick. You didn't care that you were ruining people's lives by touching them. When I tell you, those thoughts will come up. And then she said her sister forgave him. And there was so much more that her sister had to forgive more than she did. That's what pierced her. Maybe you have a sibling or a friend or whoever you've seen them forgive their dad for something that was, in your mind, unforgivable. Ask that you ask God to give you the strength and the wisdom and the power to forgive that person. And if they've done something very excruciatingly terrible, I'll say it again. Please seek a licensed therapist to talk it out. Don't let it affect you. Don't let it hurt you. Talk about it. It's okay. I was recently in an interview with a friend and speaking from my own experience that she asked, what about being vulnerable is scary? And from what I've seen, being vulnerable, it exposes us. There are times where being vulnerable, we don't want to be exposed, be open. Vulnerability is seen as weakness. But I'll say this as a black man, vulnerability is strength. Listening to this podcast and me telling my story, <laughs> Lord willing, it helps you. But vulnerability is a strength. And that's for anybody, men, women, be vulnerable. Talk about it with a therapist. They're there to help you process that. I wanted to give you a couple Bible verses. In the book of Luke, chapter 23, verse 34, it said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Even as Jesus was hanging on the cross, he forgave the crowds of sneers and judgment and even his executioners. How powerful is that? As they were snickering, as he was being nailed on the cross, as he went through that suffering, he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. That's something we need to exercise. God, forgive them. They do not know what they do. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32, let all bitterness, fury, anger, shouting, and reveling be removed from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you in Christ. We're called to exhibit Christ's behavior. Now, it's not easy. I will admit it, it's hard. But with Jesus, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It's never easy, but it is necessary. And know that you're not alone when going through this journey. Jesus said he would never leave you nor forsake you. So know you're not alone. And also, I've said it before, 
seek counseling, seek therapy. In the book of Mark chapter 11, verse 25, and whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father who is also in heaven may forgive you for your trespasses. That goes back to our anchor verse in Matthew 6. Forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses. I need forgiveness. Because I know I'm not perfect. I make mistakes every day with my own parents, with my wife, with people, period. So I have to forgive. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Is it painful? Not going to lie, it is to both my ego and my own wants and my own desires. But it's necessary. And it says in the Bible that we must honestly die daily to our own desires, to our own wants in order to be more like Christ. So if I got to feel bad for forgiving, that feeling will go away. If my own ego got to take an L, I will gladly give that L to my ego, to my own pride, to whatever it is. Plus, I need forgiveness. I ain't going to lie. So <laughs> listen, this is just me being real. Forgiveness, honestly, to me, is for us. And if we need forgiveness, why are we going to hold ourselves back from it? This is me being personal. Don't you hate it when the obstacle between you and what you want is you? That's just me. So my thing is, why would I want to hold back forgiveness that I need and want from myself? It's not a smart move, player. It's definitely not. <laughs> so that's just me. Sorry, I got off on a tangent. Another verse, Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. The Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Self-explanatory. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. Honor your mother and your father. I apologize. Honor your father and your mother. As the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Even though you don't like what they've done, the acts they've committed, forgive them. I'm not even going to lie. I want my days to be long and I want your days to be long as well. So I ask God for the strength to forgive. It also says in Romans 8, 28, that we know that God causes all things, everything, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Maybe your father leaving left a big dent in your heart. It left a pain, anger, a wound, bitterness. But he's going to turn it for good. I don't know how, but I know that he will. Maybe 
he'll bring up a father figure that he needed you to have. Maybe he'll bring your dad back. Maybe he will apologize. I don't know what's going to happen, but all I know is God will bring everything together for good. For those who love him and for those who are called according to his purpose. Let's not hold on to what the promise will give. For example, don't hold on to God will bring my dad to forgive or God will bring my dad to admit his wrong or God will have my dad do X, Y, Z. No, 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 no. Don't hold on to that. Hold on to that God will work every work this out for your good. That's what you got to hold on to. Because if we hold on to a result and that result doesn't happen, we end up becoming bitter, angry with God over a result that we want that he didn't give or that's not in his will. So hold on to the promise that God will work it out for your good. I want to give you a quote. What will mess you up most in life is the picture in your head of how it's supposed to be. If you can't say amen, say ouch. And I've said ouch multiple times. And I, we always picture how we want things to be or how it should be, right? We have standards. At my job, we have this thing. It's called the criteria, condition, cause, and effect. The criteria is the standards of what things should be. The condition is what it is now. The cause behind the condition and what that effect of the condition is. So I'll give an example. The criteria is your father is supposed to always be there for you. To pat you on the back and say, that's my boy and tell you I love you. The condition, he's absent. He's silent. When something goes wrong, he blames you. And sadly, I hope this isn't the case for anybody. There's abuse. The cause behind it, we don't know. The effect, isolation, loneliness, anger, bitterness, and continuing that cycle of what our fathers did to us and gave to us, we give to our kids. Maybe God has helped you break the cycle. If that's the case, thank and praise God for that. But for those who have not, that's probably happened. Leslie Leyland Fields also said that forgiveness is a necessary passage for all sons and daughters. And she says, we will inevitably repeat the sins of our fathers and mothers if we don't forgive. She sees it time and time again. The woman rejected by her mother goes on to reject her own daughter. The boy abandoned by his father grows up and leaves his own children. The daughter who grows up in a climate of pride and selfishness learns to protect herself with the same tools, teaching them to her children. And it's heartbreaking and it doesn't stop without the interruption of mercy and forgiveness. And there are times where mercy doesn't indeed feel violent. It does. 
because you're fighting against your own ego, your own wants, your own desires. You want your dad to admit his wrong. You want him to tell you why he left. You want him to tell you why he is the way he is. And when you go against that, it's a fight. The flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh. But I'm telling you, it's necessary. I want you to break the cycle. God wants you to break the cycle. And you can't do it without him and he's there to help you. Our parents have likely made some big mistakes and honestly, they'll probably continue to make mistakes, some of which have hurt us deeply. And here's the flip side that we may not have considered. We've made some mistakes too and have possibly, probably hurt them deeply. And even so, God clearly asks us to forgive. There are times we focus so much on what they did. We never look at us. We never look at the mistakes we've made. Now, I know there are going to be those who say, I didn't like, I didn't do it like this, or at least I didn't do that. You're right. But you still made mistakes. I admit it. I know I've made mistakes with my folks. I've said some things, done some things, thought some things that hurt them. I know it. I can admit that. Now, mind you, there are times where you didn't say or do anything wrong that led to your parents or your dad, in this case, doing what they did. I'm not talking about that. But for the others, I want to really reflect. I want you to think. There are some mistakes we've made that's hurt your parents, whether physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, mental. And God asks us to forgive. We must forgive them. And we must be forgiven ourselves. Ask God for that, for the strength to forgive, to be forgiven. Another thing that I want you all to think about. Consider that your father did the best he could. We'll never fully understand the issues that shaped our dads or compelled him to act the way he did, including unresolved issues with his own dad. We have to choose to believe that our father was doing the best that he could and forgive him for the rest. Do it in your heart first. Then, if your father is alive, reach out to him. But if he is passed on or unreachable, write down your thoughts and share them with someone who's close to you. Consider our Heavenly Father and seek to be like Him. God teaches us throughout the Bible how to give thanks and forgiveness. His Son, Jesus Christ, was a perfect human example of this. It's possible that we have deep wounds from our fathers. God's grace can heal our hearts and our relationships. He can give us the ability for, to forgive. And our Heavenly Father can teach us new patterns of living and loving in our relationships with our Father and in all our relationships. This is something that we need. When it comes to forgiving our parents, forgiveness has a special importance. Forgiving them is a part of honoring and respecting them. 
if you, we truly hold our parents in high regard as we should, we have to let go of that anger and hurt when they disappoint us and make mistakes. So, do you have the faith to forgive your family, your parents, your father? Do you have the freedom to let God deal with their offenses against you? Do you have the courage to receive and live the good God has planned for you, however good or bad it may feel in the moment? That's something I want to ask you. I want you to write that down, write that question down. And I want you to really seek God, go in his presence, and talk to him about that. I'll read it again. Do you have the faith to forgive your family, your parents, your father? Do you have the freedom to let God deal with the offenses against you? Do you have the courage to receive and live the good that God has planned for you? however good or bad it might feel in the moment. God, our Father in heaven, is the perfect example of what a father should be. Strong, courageous, compassionate, and even tempered. We would do well to follow his example in all that we do. I know that there are times where we don't have the strength to forgive those who have hurt us, to do what it takes in this episode, and more. We can only do these things with the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins to be forgiven in the past, present, and future. And he rose from the grave to give us eternal life, a relationship with God himself, power over sin, and power over the enemy. If you want Jesus Christ in your life, just pray this. Dear Lord, thank you for dying for my sins and my wrongdoings in the past, present, and future. I confess and believe that you died on the cross for my sins, was buried, and rose again. I give my life to you, Lord. Please come to my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you pray that prayer, I want to say welcome to the family. This is the best decision you could ever make in your life. Now that you've made this decision, get in a good Bible-teaching church who preaches the gospel and message of Jesus Christ. You can look on Google, social media, and ask family and friends for recommendations. Also, there may have been some things said in this episode that may have triggered some bad memories and bad feelings. If this is the case, please seek a licensed therapist to talk them out. You can go through your healthcare provider, Google, or ask family and friends who receive therapy for recommendations. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Power Forgiveness Podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate it on all platforms, and most importantly, share this with other people. You never know what they're going through. I want to let you know that the Power of Forgiveness has a group page on Facebook. Join the group and get in on the conversation. That link is in the show notes. I also have my social media page in the show notes. You can follow me on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also leave me a voice message on Anchor. I would love to hear from you. Also, I need your help. I'm enrolled in a coaching program through my local college, pursuing a certification in life coaching with the International Coach Federation. As part of the curriculum, I need to reach 100 hours in order to become certified. I'm open to connect with individuals who have an interest in being coached and moving the needle in their life or needing help in forgiving those who have hurt them. Many people have an interest in moving from where they are to where they want to be, and coaching can be the key that unlocks that potential.
I'm asking if you or anyone you know might benefit from coaching to please contact me. I'll be happy to chat more about it and be grateful for the help it provides to further my qualification. If you're interested and want to help, just click on the link in my bio and schedule a session. I want you all to have an amazing week and remember that forgiveness is not letting what that person or people said or did to you affect you, your spirit, your future, or where you're going in life. And that's not an excuse for or enabling someone's behavior, but not letting what that person or people did hold you back or keep you from being or grabbing all that God wants you to be or has for you. Have a good one.